Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Jacksonville. We head down to Duval County. Duval. You said it. Duval. Duval County. Duval. Big, big featherweight matchup. Josh Emmett taking on Ilya Taporia. I'm pretty excited for this card, man. One, this is the main event. Two, because it starts early. Main card at 3 p.m. That is just, oh, it's music to my ears. I, uh, look, I mean, you're never going to hear me complain about an early card. 14 fights, still a lot of fights. Uh, less excited about the card in general. I'm off this week. I will not be watching this one live. Uh, I'm going on vacation, my, my good man. But you know what I am excited about, Connor Burks? I'm excited about this episode because this is the big 5-0 for us. No Bets Barred, episode 50 in your ear holes, ladies and gentlemen. Who thought we'd come this far? Not me. Definitely not me. So it's been about, what, 14 months, 14 and a half months. We're almost at the 15-month mark, and we are now 50 episodes in. I believe starting since UFC 273, all the way Back in early April of 2022, we have broken down every single UFC fight card since then. We have. I mean, it's it's just been it's a lot. It's a lot of fights when you when you put it like that. It's you know, 40, I we're close 50 some odd fight cards. I guess just a few under 50 UFCs, because we've done a couple of other weekend stuff, but yeah, big big stuff here. So, uh, wanted to wanted to get that out at the front. Let everybody know. Big five zero. Uh, celebrate us. You see us about town. You know, give a, give us a handshake, a high five for this great accomplishment. And uh, for losing your, your money because MMA Connor, podcaster, go ahead and shake their hand this weekend. Just shake their hands. Just let them know. Uh, I'm really excited to follow along as you lose money because Connor, I lost money again last week. I didn't lose a ton. But I lost like a half unit or so. So uh, back-to-back losing weeks for me because I am a loser. <laughs> uh, I actually won money last week. That's that's two weeks in a row. Uh, trying um, to dig out of the hole of the of the 11-week bomb I had at the beginning of June. I've gained back about six units. I mean, man, it you can't do it because it didn't happen, but... If that 11-unit week did not happen, I mean, over the last, like, seven weeks, I mean, you'd be looking at, like, I'd be up, like, 19 units. But I had the 11-unit week, so that has to count in there. Uh, need to have a winning week this week. 50th episode, got to have a winning week. The pressure is on. The pressure is on, and I got to – I just want to get this out. I don't feel very confident in anything that I'm I'm putting out there today. This is not my level of confidence, not super high on this car, but maybe that's good. Maybe I don't need to be confident. I just got to shoot from the hip. Now, are you not watching this card because you are uninterested in it or solely because you will be on vacation and you enjoy your time away? I will be on vacation. I will be playing golf uh, at the time that this card is going down uh, on Saturday. So, uh, do a golf trip with my buddies every year, so I, I'll I'll rewatch the the highlights. I will certainly tune into MMAfighting.com, great website, uh, to get all the updates. Love the main event. I I really like a couple of other fights on this card. 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you that all 14 of them are bangers because I do not believe they are. But there are definitely a couple I'm super interested in, and I will go back and catch, you know, uh, after the fact. But, uh, I, you know, you, sometimes you got to take a break. And maybe I'm excited about the gambling experience this time, frankly, Connor, because I'm just going to put the bets in, just shelve them, set them aside, come back to it on, on Sunday morning and see if I'm up or down money instead of sweating over them, you know? Sunday morning. You think you will make it till Sunday morning and have all these bets in play. This card will be over around six thirty or probably seven. Be in Saturday the night. Okay. Probably I was Saturday say. night. We finish up. We're gonna finish up. You know, uh, second round of golf. Grab dinner. Uh, have a few beverages. I might pull up my phone while we're while we're doing that and just be like, let's let's see what we're doing here. But you know. Now, are you a no phone guy on the course? No, I keep my phone on the course. You know, for emergencies, but I don't. You know. I tr- I try. The older I've gotten, the more I try to disassociate myself from my phone when I'm doing yes. other stuff. I'm just around the house, you know. You leave it on you, but if I'm if I'm out doing something with friends, I try really hard not to just be the guy who's checking my phone, looking down at stuff. Because I don't know, I don't I don't need that in my life. I want to be want to be present in the moment. I'm with you, man. The less I can be on my phone, the better. Though I would have a hard time if I had my phone on me. I'm a big pull up the old ESPN plus just have it there. You know, don't have to fully focus on it. Just kind of keep tabs, keep tabs on what's going on. Uh, big. If you ever seen me out in New York city on a Saturday, I've definitely done that with other. Feels like we got a little bit of a lag here, huh? A little bit. It's catching up. (laughs) Uh, I'll edit. But yeah, I, I do that occasionally for like really big events or whatever. This is like, if this was a pay per view, um, I'm probably going to have the phone up like in the golf cart doing some other, other business, you know, but as we are, uh, nothing here that's too big for me. I mean, the main event chef's kiss, but the rest of it, I can probably just catch, you know, later in the evening, the next day, you know, just whenever it comes to me, it's not urgent pressing business. I feel that. I feel that regardless, enjoy the golf trip, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you said chef's kiss. Let's get right into it. The main event. Featherweight bout. Josh Emmett coming off of a uh, a pretty heartbreaking loss, I'll say, in the interim championship against Jair Rodriguez, taking on Ilya Taporia, who still has a squeaky clean 13-0 and record right now. Big favorite, 13-0, and and uh, by the way that he wins his fights, I guess it is justified right now sitting at minus 320. Josh Emmett coming back at plus 265. How do you feel about this main event? So, love this matchup. Really excited about it. I have two primary thoughts I want to hop into because I've placed no bets right now. I'm debating wow. between... I've got I've got one bet that I feel very good about or at least that I'm happy with. Maybe not good about. But then the other is just whether I want to add a, a secondary on top of it. The bet I'm talking about here is fight ends by KO. That prop at minus 110, basically paying out even money. Uh, this fight seems to me that we're going to be getting a knockout finish. I mean, Ilya Tapuria, not a huge knockout artist uh, career-wise. You, uh, a lot of a club and sub kind of guy gets a lot of submissions. We know he's got the hands. We know he's got the power there. We have seen it before. Josh Emmett, not many dudes at featherweight swing the lumber harder than Josh Emmett. Uh, and so I, this doesn't, I don't feel like we're getting to the cards here. They're going to come in, they're going to chuck them. One guy's going to eventually fall down. I think I really like the, the KO prop at, at minus 110 for an answer. My question, Connor, for you, and I want to pitch it to no bets barred nation, because I think there might be a little bit of value on Josh Emmett, a little bit of value on Josh Emmett here. He's a big underdog, Elliot Tapuria, you know, like you said, spotless record, but We've seen him get hurt in there. We saw Jai Herbert nearly nearly clean his clock. He is not the most defensively responsible guy. Bryce Mitchell, not a great striker by anybody's definition, had some moments there. And if Josh Emmett hits you, you will go to sleep. So I think there's maybe an opportunity. I wouldn't bet Emmett straight. If I'm going to take a flyer on him, it'll be the KO, Emmett by KO, because that's, I think, the most likely by far way he would win this fight. It's sitting at like plus 450, plus 500 some places. So 
Should I double up? Should I go fight ins by KO and then just take a little baby flyer on Emmett by KO? All right. Well, I I do somewhat agree with that. And I feel like uh, quite a few people also share that sentiment that there is value. This line is pretty big, minus 300. It's, I think I said plus, it's very wide. Plus 265 coming back for Josh Emmett. I guess just to play devil's advocate here, Josh Emmett is 38. He does make a fair size cut to featherweight, and he is coming off of a pretty bad loss to Yair Emmett. Like he, I mean, uh, to Yair Rodriguez. I mean, he had moments in that fight, but but all in all, that was that was a lot of success for Yair, and then obviously getting finished in that one. And I know he's got to be motivated to come back, bounce back, especially against the thirteen and zero prospect in in Ilya But that has to hurt. That has to hurt the the ego and everything when you're getting that close to getting a title shot. Thirty eight years old now, it gets taken away. And I mean, then it just was when a it title co- shot, it was an interim yeah. title shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a guaranteed title shot. Um, you come that close to it, and now you get a guy like Ilya Taporia who just out of the octagon. I just have to just say how great of an appreciation I have for the potential of superstardom this man Elliot Taboria has. If you take a, a moment to look down his Instagram, the way he dresses, the woman that he is with, the way that he talks on the microphone, the interviews that he does, he, I think he just got featured in GQ Spain, like... The dude is like, the way he looks, he is built for superstardom. And then you watch him in the octagon, the finishes, the highlight reels. The guy is made for superstardom. Now, in terms of like actual, should he be a minus 300 over Josh Emmett? I don't know. I don't know. I think I might actually side with you in the fact that there is a little bit of value. Even though I parlayed up, parlayed up Ilya Taporia last week with two legs that cash. So right now I'm sitting on one final leg being Ilya Taporia. I know uh, some more... Devil's advocate. The Jai Herbert, obviously, that's going to get mentioned. I mean, I thought he was about to get finished. It was a head kick. Josh Emmett doesn't really rely too much on head kicks. But then again, Josh Emmett also has 11 knockdowns at featherweight, the most all-time in the division tied with Jeremy Stevens. I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles right now. I'm on Elite Let me also let – me, let, me, let me counter what you just said about the head kick because it's not Please. a wrong point. It's a very reasonable point. I will counter your previous statements about Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett uh, definitely lost to A.A. Rodriguez. Went back and rewatched that fight a couple of times and prepped for this. One, buddy, I'm excited for I am excited for Rodriguez Volkanovski. <laughs> oh, buddy, I am excited for that fight. I'm all the way big in dog. there. I am wow. all the way in there. Yair Rodriguez looked enormous in the cage with Josh Emmett. And as you accurately described, Josh Emmett makes a big cut. Yair looked enormous. But the things that were... Yair was kind of clubbing Josh Emmett around the cage. Not with with the mitts. It was the kicks. The body kicks were were brutal. And that is not really Ilya Tapuria's game. It's not... that. That's... You say Josh Emmett looked rough. I agree. I don't know if he looked rough in a way that Ilya Tapuria is going to replicate in there. So... I again, I wouldn't take Josh Emmett straight. I think if he's going to win, it's going to be by knockout, and you're getting an extra like 125 on it to take him by KO versus taking him straight. But I'm very tempted by the KO prop. Here's one more thing I want to throw out to you. We really don't. We most of the time when we see Josh Emmett, it's it's in these these fantastic striking battles, and obviously he's going to have a ton of success there. Um, What if what if Ilya Tapuria comes out here and, and tries to use the wrestling, tries to go for takedowns. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. And I, I just don't know. Um, I, I'd i like to think that Josh Emmett, I know statistically he's not like a, a dynamite defensive wrestler, but he's not a bad one. Um, I think it certainly would behoove to Puria to not just strictly do a striking contest with Emmett, but it's part of why I love this fight. I'm not really sure what's going to happen in it. It feels closer than the odds line. It I could see either dude. And even if the most likely scenario happens and Elliot Tapuria gets a win, how does it happen? Does he club and sub him? Does he just knock him out on the feet? Is this kind of a back and forth, you know, 25 minute war? Cause we've, we've seen Josh Emmett hang around, be very durable in spots. So anything I, dude, sort of in, in my opinion, here, 
In my opinion, I think if this goes 25, it, it benefits Josh Emmett. You think so? I, I think so. I mean, we, we obviously haven't seen Taporia go that long. He gets finishes in almost all of his fights. I think 12 of his 13 wins are by finish. And typically they, they don't take that long to get there. Another thing, I rode the Bryce Mitchell train into the Matador station and it crashed. It crashed hard. Uh, I've seen a couple of people talking about Bryce. I, I think you just gi- mentioned that always gives you more appreciation for the guy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a couple of people, and I think you just mentioned it. Bryce Mitchell having like some moments. I rewatched that going back in my mind, my my purview of having a bet on Bryce Mitchell, and it took about ninety seconds to be like, "This was a bad bet. I should not have made this bet." <laughs> he is getting. He is going to lose this fight. Yeah, I mean, it was never in doubt, but I'm just saying he he found the chin some, and I don't think much of Bryce Mitchell as a striker. I don't think Josh Emmett is like a technician, but, man, he swings the lumber. And so I, I got to be honest, this is – all of my feelings are a bit reflexive in that I watch Ilya Tepori fight and you see all the, all the immense talent. And sometimes, particularly against Bryce Mitchell, he was swinging out of his – freaking yes. shoes that's kind of why i think the 25 like, minutes benefits emmett like i here's what i, I think would say yeah happen. but did dupuria seem tired at all yeah, fight? yeah like, true. i think he true. might just have the gas my thing is if he's swinging those those uppercuts and hooks from his ankles that's just a huge opportunity to get chin checked in the middle because he is at points he's almost throwing himself off balance he's swinging so hard and Josh Emmett is the kind of guy who can punish that. I don't know if he will. And it's weird because I've been on the Taporia train and I'm still, you know, straight up. I'm picking, I will pick him to win this fight. Just feels like plus 450 for Emmett by KO is a lot of value that I, I kind of want to have a shot on. You know? Well, that's another thing. That's another thing is everything I said about him in terms of superstardom, potential superstardom that's there. If if you're ever going to say Ilya Taporia lacks anything, it is definitely not going to be confidence. The man is <laughs> no, it is confident. Not. That is for sure, and that could be his demise, especially against a guy like Josh Emmett. If he is swinging out of his shoes and he gets caught, and this time he doesn't survive it, like he did in the uh, in the Jai Herbert fight. Either way, I, I went on the rant the appreciation I have for Ilya Taporia, I'm excited to watch him fight because he can, if he can come out here and look incredibly impressive over so Josh punched. Emmett, this guy's the limit, man. Dude's from, dude lives in Spain, breathes the Spanish air, talks about how much he wants to bring the UFC to Spain, has that superstar potential. It's He's a very exciting prospect to watch in my eyes. I mean, if Taporia comes out here and, and just puts the boots to Emmett, I, we're talking title shot. Like, I... I, yes. I I think it is very possible he comes out, he wins this fight, makes a big statement, and then gets on the mic and says something afterwards in a main event moment. We're talking him versus Volkanovski in November for the belt because there's no one else. Max Holloway has already fought Volk a million times. Yeah, years running it with Volk. Brian Ortega's not in the conversation. Arnold Allen just lost to Max. Like it's and how, moving how to perfect. number five in the UFC's rankings. How perfect is it that it times up two weeks from Saturday, Volkanovski and Yair Rodriguez will be fighting. I mean, you just get on the mic. You win. Say he finishes, Josh Emmett gets on the mic. Yair, Volk, you guys go to war. Whoever wins, I got next, November. That's it. And I mean, it's just it's just that simple. He's young. Like you said, star potential there. Comes out and makes a statement over a guy who just fought for the interim belt. I, I think like he can get a title fight with this win. And that's the part of it that makes me not want to bet Josh Emmett because some of this is like the same way you you said, you know, you were on the Bryce Mitchell train. I have I have had Josh Emmett derail several of my bets over the past <laughs> few years. And it's just like, what if what if he's just that guy? And so maybe th- maybe this is the time I should jump on it. But uh Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know why. Like, I, I we, feel know like he's, we know what's coming for Tapuria. He's going like, to be the dude soon. Yeah. It feels like Emmett's like kind of an easy guy to doubt, and he's made people pay Very for Very easy guy to doubt. Very easy guy. I've doubted him a bunch. He has made me pay, and I'm a little gun shy. A little gun shy about Ben Tapuria, certainly at this price. 
That's why I settled on the ends by KO property, even monies. And I'm not picking a side, just picking violence. I like that. I like that because wrestling aside, whatever aside, I do think they're going to come in here and they're going to chuck them. And both these dudes are more than happy to engage in a war. And with the power that both of them hold and the defensive liabilities that Ilya Taporia can have. And I mean, as well, we've, we have seen it a couple of times. Josh, with Josh Emmett Emmett too. too. Like I think one of these dudes is going to get dropped. Um, and yes, I like violence under two and a half. Yes. You take You take in the under two and a half. Yes, it's it's one of the Love classic it. things. I, I did get a, a touch better line than is available now, uh, so it doesn't do much. But regardless, I like violence in this spot. I under two and a half is currently minus two fifteen, and that's not wrong. But wow, that I mean that tells you the odds makers do not believe that this is going yes. into the championship. For a five rounds. rounder too, five rounder yeah, too. That's, you don't see that every day. Certainly not uh, if yeah. it's not heavyweights we're talking about. So. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. But, uh, a little pat on the bat. Beat, beat that by, by 100 points. Took it at minus 115. Well done. Look at you. We move what on to fight. the co-main event. So, that's such oh, a man. good fight. Such a yes. good fight. That's, what AU, that's where you just have to tip the cap. Bravo to the matchmakers. Well done. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well we done, go to baby. the co-main event. Amanda Less Gibas good fight. <laughs> taking, taking on Macy Barber in a women's flyweight bout. Gibas right now minus 195. Macy Barber plus 165 over under two and a half. Minus 215 to the over. Plus one is 75 for the under. How about the co-main? What do you think here? Uh, so I don't have a bet because there's not a lineup for me to bet it. I would like to, I think, depending on the price, but I'm assuming based on what the other numbers look like, I'd like to be betting Amanda Hibas by decision in this particular fight. Uh, if you see a line out there for that, uh, none of the places I have access to currently have a line for Hibas by decision. So, um, here we go. Let's don't see. know where there's... it'll come in at, but I mean, minus one fifteen. Oh, it's fine. Take that. Minus 115. Uh, I, Macy Barber is who she is. You know, talked a big game, came in saying she can be the youngest champion ever. She's not. She's on a great run right now. I mean, four, four or five wins in a row, something like that. But a couple of those are pretty contentious. Not sure she won a couple of those fights or at least shouldn't <laughs> have won them. And none of them came against, like, good opposition, frankly. Um, because Macy Barber hasn't really grown as a fighter in a while. She's can kind of do some stuff. She's very aggressive, and that's sort of the extent of it. I think Amanda Hibas is 
simply the better fighter. Uh, and the idea here for me is, you know, Hibas has five, uh, gone to five decisions in her eight UFC fights. Barber's six straight decisions. I think Hibas is going to win. So, um, I think she's a better grappler and frankly, the slightly cleaner striker though. I'll give Barber credit. She's Barbara will probably push more of a pace on the feet and, and bring the fight to Hibas a little bit more, but I think she's largely just going to get clubbed around in that. So give me Hibas by decision. And I'm doubling up on this fight because I'm an idiot. Uh, and I'm taking the over two and a half as a parlay piece, two leg parlay. So I'm actually with you on the Amanda Hibas train. I, I just took her money line minus 165. Uh, yeah, I think it's just going to come down to the takedowns as well. And I think she's going to have success in the takedowns. Uh, Barbara yep. has like a 47% takedown defense. You talk about those those contested decisions. She's coming off of one against Andrea Lee. She got taken down five times. I, I thought she probably lost that fight. Um, I, I think Hebus is going to have success there. Also, underrated fact that I did not know, Hebus, almost a 70% striking defense. Like It's like one of the best in the entire division. Um, so I think it's fairly close on the feet. You could probably give the power aspect to Macy Barber. She obviously has, I think, four knockout wins in the UFC. But I think this one's going to go to the mountain. I think he was going to have some success. I mean, especially after that fight against Arujo, it's tough to bet against Thiba. She looked fantastic. She looked so good against Arujo, and like the she looked decent against Caitlin Shukagian up at Flyway too. And I know Caitlin Shukagian doesn't get a ton of respect. Caitlin Shukagian was the third, second, or third best flyweight in the world for like five years. She's a damn good fighter. And Hibas looked very good losing a decision that maybe she shouldn't have, frankly. All right, let's keep it moving here. Uh, on to the third fight on the main card. Heavyweight bout, Justin Toffa taking on Austin Lane. This is just your prototypical, it's a heavyweight bout, so we're putting it on the main card type deal. Right now, Justin Toffa minus 175. Austin Lane coming back at plus 150. So let's talk about the measurables here. Austin Lane is going to be much bigger. Six inches height. Love measurables. Six inches reach. But let's talk about the things you can't measure, the the immeasurables, uh, if you will. Austin Lane. Oh, I'm excited only, about this. Not Please only. Please tell me you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Not only is he fighting out of Jacksonville, Florida. We also know he is a former defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. I mean, this guy is damn Duval right, baby. Drafted fifth round. Duval County through and through. I, w- I went back. I was looking at his stats, man. I mean, this Jags guy played. legend. Jags legend started seven games in 2012. Had two sacks. There was one game on a fateful started night. Nine games his rookie year, baby. This guy's an absolute stud out of Murray State. Shout out to John ja Morant. Uh, FCS baby. FCS. F- gotta love it. Uh, not only there was one fateful night, I believe it was in October of 2012. I could be wrong. Not only did he have a sack, he also had a forced fumble. I mean, this guy was out there making plays. The people of Duval stand up for him. You got to account that into your breakdown of this fight. The crowd is going to be on Austin's lane lane side. The, the energy is going to be palpable for the lane train in what is it, Vice Stars Arena? Vice Stars. Vice Stars. I think it's Vice Star Memorial. Vice Stars Memorial. Shout out. I feel like you think I'm going Austin Lane Moneyline. I'm not. Are you not? <laughs> oh, not. come on. I'm just playing violence. I'm heavy what on a, violence what on a, this fight. What a fate. You had me yes. set up to knock me down. There. Yep. That, Are you on Austin uh, Lane Moneyline? Absolutely I'm on the money line. <laughs> Come on, baby. It's Duval. Jags legend. Jags legend. In front of the home cra- the hometown crowd. This guy, I love Austin Lane in part because his Wikipedia page makes it seem like he's still an active football player. <laughs> and MMA is an afterthought entirely, despite the fact he hasn't played football in like five years and has been a active MMA fighter. Like, dude already has like 18 fights or 15 fights in his career. Uh, absolutely betting him because for two reasons. The first is everything you just said. Jacksonville legend, Jags legend. legend. Duval County going to stand up for him. And the second, and arguably more important, frankly, is that Justin Taffa lost to Jared Vanderaa, and so you should never, 
ever believe in Justin Taffa if he's going to lose to Jared Vandera. So Justin Taffa as a favorite? Hell no. Not doing that at all. Give me, give me the man, the hometown man, Austin Lane, the Lane train. Underdog odds for sure, baby. I feel you, man, because like I see a lot of people playing Justin Taffa, and it's like, you guys know he lost to Jared Vandera, right? That's that's a thing that happened, and he's almost a minus 200. Uh, Also, we have to talk about another aspect here. Austin Lane was supposed to fight Junior Taffa at UFC 284, bout canceled. Now, bro steps in, Justin Taffa. I don't know if there's a little extra motivation there for Justin. I don't know what it is. Does Austin Lane being knocked out in the first round by Greg Hardy, Frank Tate, five and seven Frank Tate at Island Fights 50, and Vernon Lewis, eight and five Vernon Lewis at LFA 83. Does any of that cause any concern? Uh, Well, I would also point out that Justin Taffa got knocked out in like four seconds by Jorgen DeCastro, who... Uh, just watched compete at PFL five last weekend. Uh, didn't do so hot old York the Castro because yeah. he's not very good. So yep. that's my counter there. I will say um, that I am for the sake of science uh, continuing to bet heavyweight over here. One and a half. However, the point you noted um, is very concerning for that uh, because Lane has only hit over one and a half in two of 15 career fights and Taffa in three of nine. Uh, I would humbly suggest that betting the under one and a half is actually the sharp play here, but that's not what I'll be doing. Uh, but that's really the only thought I have there as, it's, as far it, as the it, knockouts. It's going, it's going to be completely electric for you, that bet. I, I, I can assure you of that because in eight UFC fights between these guys, not – one of them has attempted a single takedown. My guess is going to be these guys are going to come in. They are going to swing, and someone is going to fall fairly early. If you make it to that over one and a half, it's going to be at absolute fireworks the whole way. Oh, I mean, it is. Uh, this will be. I probably I won't get the most out of it since I probably won't end up watching this one live. But for those who follow. You know you're going to have fun. And just one other thing to just the last thing. Look at this man's stats. I have long argued that we need a combine, that the UFC should make all of their new signees go through a combine and put that up on UFC stats because I'm looking at Austin Lane's on Wikipedia. Six, seven, three cone drill, man. It's a solid three cone drill time. Justin Taffa is not hitting the three cone drill in under eight seconds. I guarantee you that it's a different kind of athlete. Does it make you worry that on the bench press, baby? Does it make you worry that that was 14 years ago? I mean, he's just getting stronger. He wasn't even a full grown man. Then 24 reps Uh, on the bench press, nine foot broad jump. Come on. This thing is elite is going to be fireworks because this man has had, when you count his amateur career as well, he's had 20 fights. None of them have gone the distance. And he had what? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 of them. 15 of the 20 into the first round. I really am looking forward to this. If you like violence, I, mean, it's I, gonna be I violent. think we're going to get it from here. I, I think someone it's is going to be get violent. It slobber knocked absolutely i mean yeah it's gonna be violent all i'm saying is i'm backing only one of these two dudes scored a touchdown in the senior bowl and it wasn't Justin. wow wow that's a great pull that's a great pull i'm on the under one and a half minus 180 parlayed up the under two and a half as well i will get into that as we go through the card let's continue to go through the card Featherweight bout, David Onama taking on Gabriel Santos. Right now, you can have Santos for minus 215, Onama coming back plus 185. Uh, I don't know how you feel in this fight. I have nothing here. Felt like Onama might be getting disrespected uh, just because of the way Santos debuted against Lerone Murphy and his last performance. But, I mean, he's still a dangerous guy. All of his wins are by finish. He almost is coming off a first-round finish against Nate Landwehr instead of it being a loss because Nate Landwehr is a freak. Uh, 
But I mean, he is still very dangerous. I thought about Onama plus 300 inside the distance, uh, but inevitably decided against it. I'm with you. Um, I I feel like if you're going to bet it, it's probably his dog or pass here. But uh, I mean, Santos just look, looked okay in his debut, um, certainly. And Onama, the landward loss was just weird, man. Very... Landwehr is just a hard dude to judge how anybody competes against him because he's such a absolute freaking lunatic. Yes, he's a psychopath. So, um, yeah, I just stayed away. All right, let's keep it moving. Last fight on the main card, middleweight bout, Brennan Allen taking on Bruno Silva. Right now, Brennan Allen can be at for minus 180. Silva coming back plus 155. Your thoughts on this fight? So uh, I'm going to be taking Brendan Allen here. And uh, this isn't a value play. Nothing, you know, no sharp betting here. Just You're not going to get much sharp betting really, here anyway. Well, I mean, that's very true. But it's sort of just vibes. I really like the form Allen has showed lately. I mean, his uh, op- opened my eyes, frankly, because a lot of us at MMAfine.com, great website, were high on Andre Muniz, probably a little higher than we should have been. And that fight really wasn't even competitive like Brendan Allen just kind of just beat him pillar to post and I mean that's that's coming off the Jocko win uh it's coming off Malcoon who is a, a solid fighter like dudes looked really good and Kurt, Chris Curtis is a very very tough guy to look good against particularly if you are very reliant on wrestling it's basically impossible it's Chris Curtis he got taken down by Kelvin Gastelum but until then he had never been taken down a UFC bout and he's just just a damn good fighter. Uh, he's still only like 28, 29 years old, something like that. And I think we're starting to see the best of him. So, uh, like I said, mostly just a vibes bet, not like a huge tactical breakdown. I just like what he's doing, how he is ascending and peaking. Yes, Bruno Silva coming off the best win of his career, knocking out Brad Tavares, which I didn't think. I remember sitting on this program and saying, Brad Tavares does not get knocked out. Yep, uh, me too. Me and uh, too. I was very incorrect about that. Apparently, so I could get burnt again here. But uh, I think I think Allen's a better grappler, and I think he can compete on the feet as long as he doesn't catch a big stray. And yeah, I th- I'm going to bet him. I think there's no doubt he's a better grappler. In my opinion, I think it kind of goes one of two ways. I, I feel like we're looking at a Brennan Allen submission here, or Bruno Silva cracking his chin and and him getting knocked out. We we've seen him knocked out, Brennan Allen, that being. A couple times here in the UFC, and he's going against a guy with 20 wins by knockout who has never suffered a defeat by knockout. I feel like standing in training with Bruno Silva for 15 minutes is is not the best be game wise. plan. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't think it would be wise. I think the deficiencies we've seen from Bruno Silva with the grappling, I think you need to take this to the mat. Six submission losses for Bruno Silva as well. I mean, Allen, 12 wins by sub, including three of his last four. Uh so I think this goes one of those two ways. So I'm on the under two and a half at minus 190. Um, 12 UFC fights for Allen. Nine have not gone to a decision. Silva, 10 of his last 11 haven't gone to a decision. I, I like someone to get a finish here. And that's a very solid bet. No, no, no qualms with that whatsoever. On to the prelims we go. Welterweight bout. Neil Magny taking on Philly Fresh. Phil Rowe. Right now, you can get Magni minus 165, Rowe plus 140. I don't know if this matters to you, Phil Rowe fighting out of Orlando, not Jacksonville, but it is a uh, you know a short drive away. That's, uh, that's his only advantage. In th- I love this fight because they're the same person. Exactly. This is like mirror images, 6'3", 80-inch reach. They, and they, they carry it all in the same places. If you look at it, like... Phil Rowe kind of looks like if you cross Neil Magny and Chris Curtis together, it's just right there and unbelievable. This is when Anderson Silva used to say, "I if I could fight anybody, it would be a clone of myself. Neil Magny is getting that opportunity. And as we all know, Neil Magny, Anderson Silva, same tier of fighter. So he deserves same tier, that opportunity. Same cloth. Same cut from the same cloth, just levels to the game. Uh, and... Outside of the Orlando connection and being slightly younger, I think Neil Magny has every advantage in this fight. To me, um, 
I mean, they, they are mirror images, but I think Magny is a much better clinch fighter. I think he's very, very good in the clinch, pretty underrated there. Better offensive uh, wrestler and top position grappler. And most importantly, better cardio. Like I, We haven't really seen Neil Magny's cardio ever be a problem. And uh, yes, Phil Rowe did uh, end up getting the knockout over Nico Price in that third round, that comeback, not, comeback knockout last year. He was... He was pretty tired when that he was, he was taking some deep, deep breaths. He was also before. well on his way to losing that fight. Oh, yeah, he was well on his way to losing. Nico Price gassed out, and and uh, Phil Rowe was just slightly less gassed out uh, than <laughs> Nico Price was, taking some big, deep breaths. And that's not going to be Neil Magny has the cardio for days. He's a better clinch grappler. Uh, I, I think he's got enough advantages. So I just took Neil Magny straight uh, at minus one sixty five. Wow. Am I tripping? Was was Phil Rowe up 20 to 18 on every scorecard going into that one? Oh, no. He shouldn't have been. I definitely remember thinking that he was losing. I also rewatched that fight this morning and <laughs> I feel like he was losing. Was he, he was really losing? up? No, I'm looking at it. He was up 2018 on every scorecard. Wow. Wow. That, that is not my recollection of how the scores were. I watched that I, fight this morning. You just said it too. You said a comeback. I could have sworn he was down. Wow. Um, well, it definitely, by any definition, was a comeback because Price was putting it on him in that third until he gassed out. Uh, yeah. I mean, here I am thinking that was a, that was a major comeback. But uh, regardless, everything you just said, I completely agree with. I've been on Neil Magny since early on. Took him at minus 135. I thought this line was going to move more. I was honestly surprised to be to see it at minus 135. And uh, it's it's so much so, like I'm also seeing so many people on Neil Magny, and I'm so high on this bet that I'm starting to get in my own head and be worried about it. I'm like, what? I shouldn't be this confident. No fear. Well, here, let me Let me throw another thing out at you because I haven't actually placed the bet. But I'm thinking just go Magni straight because I'm trying to be a little more disciplined um, coming off back-to-back losers. But Neil Magni and decisions, they go together like peanut butter and jelly, baby. You get Neil Magni by decision, I think the number's like plus 110. Is that, is that, a, is that a better line? Is that a line I should, should attack instead of Neil Magni straight at minus 165? I don't know. I feel like you just take it straight. Okay. Look, that's a responsible adult move. We're going to stay responsible. All right. And that's that. We're both on Neil Magny. And I kind of feel like the rest of the world is too. And I'm uh, I'm getting a little worried. But alas, I think he does have a lot of advantages in this fight. I also think the level of competition that he's faced. Much higher. Uh, it's not Gabe Green. It's not Orion Sose. It's, it's the best of the best. Uh, we keep it rolling. Randy Brown, another welterweight bout, taking on Wellington Terman right now. Randy Brown. Minus 225, Terman plus 190. Um, I kind of like this as a little bounce back spot for Randy Brown. I think, you know, I mean, obviously taller, obviously longer, obviously rangier. Um, I think he's the better striker by a decent margin. I think he has a Much bigger better. finishing upside on the feet. Obviously, Terman, if he gets it to the ground, training with Glover, we've seen him get subs. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like Randy Brown, stick and move, find a finish. I have almost exactly the same notes here. I got Brown just a much more dangerous striker. Terman is not really hugely scary there. Doesn't have too much to offer on the feet. Yeah, if he can get the takedowns, maybe something can happen there. But Randy Brown's a pretty good defensive wrestler. Got a lot of length. Got a lot of a lot of power edges here. So um, the only thing that could give me any slight concern, Terman's still very young. You can see young guys make big leaps overnight, you know, but... I think this is, like you said, a good bounce back spot. I've got Randy Brown as the second leg of the two leg parlay with the Hebas Barber over two and a half. Hebas Barber over two and a half. Randy Brown, the RB parlay, pays plus 111. The RB parlay. I love that. Hebus so we're Barber, clear. Randy I Brown. I picked the wrong parlay. I picked the Christian parlay last week because the price was better. Both legs failed. Had I picked the Armin parlay last uh. week, Winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. Uh, I just picked man. the wrong parlay. Uh, 
The double D parlay in PFL cashed big money though. Shout out. Shout out. Was that that was the Julia Bud one that uh, was like Julia Bud Aspen Lad one that were very dice, very dicey from Julia Bud. Hey, never in doubt. Never, never in doubt. doubt. Uh <laughs> I'm actually not on Randy Brown. I'm on the under. I I felt at the the price that I got plus one fifteen. I I think that both guys are live for a finish. Randy Brown finished in four of his five losses. Terman finished in two of his last three. I think Randy Brown gets him out of there. I I suspect that you're correct. So the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we keep on rolling to a lightweight bout. Mateus Rebecki taking on Loik Radzabov. Tough name matchup here. Tough name matchup here. Right now, you can get Rebecki for minus 155. Loik coming back at plus 135. Don't really have a strong read on this fight. I was on Rebecki inside the distance in that Fioro matchup. He emptied the tank to try to get it done. Then he didn't have much left. Obviously, he still won uh, clearly in that fight but just not incredibly impressed by him. And, and I feel like Loic sort of has similar style as him. They're both going to be pretty dependent on the takedowns. I don't know who's going to be able to edge it on the feet. Um, so, yeah, I just I don't have a strong read here. So I, uh, I don't have a bet. If I have more time, I might do a little, a little tape study. I just didn't have any time to do any real study. My read is... I think Rebecca's probably slightly overrated as a fighter just because he's got the big gaudy record at like 17 and one or something like that. Uh, whereas Lloyd's probably a little underrated. Um, so kind of want to favor Lloyd, especially he's much bigger. Rebecca's pretty small for lightweight. And I mean, Tajikistan's having a moment right now. I don't know that I'd want to be betting against a, a Tajik fighter in there. So kind of feels like I'd be dogger pass here if I have some time to watch a little tape and feel better. Um, maybe I'll throw one down, but I, I just didn't. Yeah, I, I if I was going to bet it, I think I would I would end up taking Loic. Uh, but let's keep it rolling. Strawway bout Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci taking on Jillian Robertson right now. Closely lined fight. You can have Tabitha Ricci minus one thirty, Robertson plus one ten. Robertson has cashed as a dog for this program on on more than one occasion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she feels like she's had a little bit of a resurgence. That ground game is nasty. Similar to the last fight, though, man, it's kind of tough to call. Is Ricci just going to be able to grind her out for 15 minutes, or is Jillian Robertson going to be able to have success uh, when this does go to the mat? Because I feel like it is inevitable that this fight hits the mat. Um, I decided to stay away. Do you have a bet on this fight? I do not have a bet on this fight. I also decided to stay away. Uh, let me talk you through this because this fight is awesome. This is like talk my second or third favorite fight. I this was going to be my chat GPT bet of the week, and then I realized that I'm actually not going to be watching this fight live. There's no chance I'll be watching it, and I don't want to have a chat GPT bet down if I can't be there to to support it the whole way. So hiatus for the chat GPT, but this would have been it. And so then I dove into it, and I just can't feel comfortable either way because. Like you said, I mean, it's going to come down to the grappling, realistically. Ricci gets a lot of takedowns, a lot of top position, a lot of control. Robertson, nasty ground game. 
not as effective off her back. We've seen Miranda Maverick just kind of sit on her for a while. Can Ricci do the same? Maybe, but Maverick also had some clear physical advantages and Robertson cutting down to straw weight, looking good. Big for, big for you know, certainly this fight. So I think this is a great fight. This is a fight I will absolutely be watching uh, on either Saturday evening or Sunday, but I just decided to stay away. Yeah, I'm in lockstep. I'm looking forward to it, but I decided I, I got my money elsewhere. Uh, don't need to to overextend. So let's keep it if rolling. If Jillian too. Robertson comes out and gets a sub, whoo, we're we're talking to the moon. Like some things are happening. New contender yeah. lined up. Yeah, twelve and seven, making a resurgence. Thirteen and seven at that point. But uh, let's keep it rolling to a men's flyweight bout. Man, just doesn't have the doesn't have the same ring to it. Not not the same panache it used to have. One and one last week on flyweight unders. Yeah. yeah, one was and juiced. one and this man we're about to talk was supposed to be fighting yes. last week for the third. Uh, Zalgus Zumagulov taking on Joshua Van in a short notice replacement bout right now. Zalgus minus one ninety, Joshua Van plus one sixty. I actually think there is somewhat of a case to be made for the under. Like it's a it's a big step up on short notice for Josh Van. Eight pro fights. He's never seen a third round. Zalgus, like he's not a big finisher, but this is a step down in competition. And his fighting career is essentially on the line here. He's one in five in the UFC, and he is somehow getting another chance. In it's my eyes, like a favorite, favorable matchup. Yeah, it's the haircut. Feels like he wants to go out and get a, uh, a finish, especially because in his UFC career, he has, what, two, three split decisions. There's a case to be made for it. There's there's a case to be made for it. So I don't think I'm going to play it, but I don't think it's the worst bet in the world. I'm playing it. Uh, Let's go. For, for the stuff you said, I mean, we're not in the negatives for Flywood Under Money yet. I mean, we are basically at net even at the moment. <laughs> Um, so yeah. this could be the one that drops us down, but, uh, I do think Gulag's got his back against the wall. Van, just a young pup, just 21 years old, just full of vinegar, just gets done in seven minutes or less of fighting. And I, I think that he's the hope he comes in here to try and do something like that and either get something cool or, or get zoomed, you know, just get zoomed right on out of the cage. So I'm taking it. Don't have the confidence I used to have for flyweight unders, but we're yeah. going to keep keep rolling. And Zalgus, one in five, minus 190. It's a hefty price to pay. It is, but a 21-year-old kid making his debut on like two days' notice or whatever insane thing it is. Very true. We keep it rolling to the next fight, a lightweight bout. Trevor Peak taking on Chepe Mariscal. And all I have to say about this one, oh, firstly, the fight is essentially a pick em, minus 110 each way. It's peak week. If you know it's of peak Trevor week. Peak, the pride of Pisgah, Alabama, making his return to the Octagon, absolutely insane story. He's been arrested 16 times. Uh, he was living in a meth house before being arrested uh, and claims he found God behind bars. And now... He fights like it, too. I mean, this man is not here for a long time. He is here for a good time. He is he is the embodiment of that. Mr. Standing Hammer Fists himself, Trevor Peak. And I'm not going to have Trevor Peak fight again and me not be on the under. Eight pro fights, all eight finishing under the two and a half, six under the one and a half, eight and oh, all wins coming by way of knockout. It's peak week. It is peak week, and therefore I am on the under. On the on the flip side, uh, Mariscal, five of his last seven under the one and a half as well. And we go back to the immeasurables a little bit. It's not Florida. It's definitely not Jacksonville. He is training out of Agogi Combatatives in North Georgia. I mapped that. Is, isn't Agogi Combatatives in Chattanooga? Oh, is it Chattanooga? I'm... Like somewhat confident that it's Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, you know, because Chattanooga is like because I want to be clear when I say I'm I was going to pick Trevor Peak because he's fighting out of Chattanooga, where I have a ton of family. <laughs> so I blind support. So here's the thing: Chattanooga is is very close to the border. It's right on the border. 
The gym itself is actually in Rossville, Georgia. Is it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 95 Hunt Drive, Rossville, Georgia. That's where I mapped it from. His house is probably in Chattanooga. All well, it's, his in, family it's in Catoosa County, where I, again, have a shitload of family members. Uh, shout out to Catoosa County. Uh, anyone listening from there, shout out. My point is, let's, we can even map it from Chattanooga. Let's I mean, go it's, from, it's the same. Like it's, he's, it, it is right at the edge of Catoosa and Tennessee border. Let's go from the Chattanooga right choo-choo. Uh, real ones know if you've been to Chattanooga. We'll go from the Chattanooga choo-choo all the way down to Vistar's Veterans Memorial Arena. Uh, and that's going to take us seven hours. I would say that would have been seven hours and 20 minutes, maybe. Bingo, seven hours. So we're close enough where the friends and family have no excuse not to go. But we're far enough where they're making a nice trek. They need to see someone put on a show. And I think Trevor Peak is going to do that. Friends, family, in the crowd. They're going to be going crazy. Uh, they'll be hitting a peak, uh, no pun intended, peak week nice. either way. Under is all I'm saying after this long soliloquy, under one and a half. Parlayed up, under two and a half with the heavyweight main card fight. Love it. I'm taking Trevor Peak because I guarantee you my grandfather will text me uh, sometime this week and be like, hey, there's Chad Nuga boy who's uh, fighting. Frightened yes, this week. let's go. Does it every time. Let's so. go. I love it. Uh, we'll keep it moving then to a featherweight bout. Jamal Emmers taking on Jack Jenkins. Right now, Jamal Emmers, a sizable favorite, minus 200. Jack Jenkins, plus 170. Uh, this is dog or pass for me, but I am passing. I really have no clue who's who's going to be able to get the takedowns. Are the leg kicks going to be working for Jack? Um, I just don't feel strongly enough to bet it. Should be a decently entertaining fight do you have a solid read here are you are you riding with either side i have absolutely zero thoughts on this fight all right that's all you had to say and we'll keep it rolling second to last fight on the card can we get some respect for tatsuro tyra he feels like he's always either opening the card or the second fight of the night it is a men's flyweight bout tatsuro tyra just ridiculous taking on kletzen rodriguez right now tyra Tanking, man. I mean, he opened it like minus 400, minus 245 now. Kletzen plus 205. Over under set at two and a half. And for me, there's a case to be made for the under here as well. Tyra, eight of his last oh. 10 have not seen a third round. Kletzen, four of his last six have also not seen a third round. There's a case. Not a bad bet. I'm smashing the under here. Smashing okay, then I'll ride it with you. That's all. You know what? I wasn't going to add any more bets. I'll ride it with you. I'm I'm continuing to believe in it because if you believe in the bet, it will believe in you back. I think we got a little complacent and we weren't believing enough in it. And now I'm I'm not gonna let that stop me. I'm coming right back at it. I will also add to this though, uh the disrespect for Tatsuro Tyra is is very real because I mean this kid, this is probably the future of your flyweight division, 23, undefeated, looking great every time he steps out of the cage. You'd finally have a flyweight main event, and then you're coming back with the future of the division and putting them as the curtain jerker or damn near the curtain jerker. Not sure what we're doing here from a booking standpoint, but Tatsuro Tyra is going to continue to dominate. Uh, the fact that this price has uh, been dropping is very interesting to me. Gotta say, I'm, you know, I normally don't like to lay a straight bet on somebody at, you know, minus 250 almost, but. Certainly, if it keeps dropping, I'm definitely going to play him. And I might take a shot anyway at like minus 225 because I love Tatsu Tire. I think this guy's the future of the flyweights. Yeah, he's the man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, I'll ride the flyweight under. You know what? Here's what I'll do. I will ride this flyweight under, and if it hits, then I'll take the winnings and, and ride it into, into the Zumagula fight. Ooh, I love that energy. That's the kind yeah. of energy we need to be yep. for. All right. Last fight of the night, middleweight bout. Technically the first fight of the night. Last fight we're recapping. Cody Brundage taking on SD Dumas. It is the return of Cedric Dumas after uh, not the best showing last time out. Uh, A couple times during this podcast, we have talked about the immeasurables in this fight, similar to Trevor Peak. Dumas fighting out of Pensacola, Florida. If you're 
familiar with Florida geography, it's a huge state. You can uh, you can spend a lot of time in Florida and not leave the state lines. Pensacola, about five hours away. Same thing as Trevor Peak. Close enough where you got to make the trip if you're friends and family, but also not close enough that it's not you know just a day trip. You're going to have to stay a couple of nights. So you're expecting to see a show. Also, first fight of the night, SD Dumas is going to have the crowd. There is no doubt about that. Friends and family are going to be coming from Pensacola to support first fight of the night. Not many people in there. So you're going to be, you're going to be hearing it for SD. You might as well change Duval uh, to Dumas if I can there. I mean, that, that's just an easy one. Well uh, second, last time out, man, against Josh Frem, he got beat, he got finished, and he kind of got clowned on social media hard after the fight. Now, I'm not saying wrongfully or rightfully so, but you have to think a dude that was 7-0 prior to that is coming to make amends. I think he is coming to get a finish. And on the other side, he's taking Cody Brundage. Skid, lost two fights in a row. Coming in on short notice. For all these reasons, I like more violence on this card. I will be taking the under one and a half, parlaying the under two and a half with the aforementioned under two and a halves. Uh, and if we want to go a lot by of the measurables, from you. a lot of violence from you on the and card. And I just added another violence. I mean, I have a lot of violence on this card. Uh, 17 of their combined 20 pro fights under the two and a half, 14 of those under the one and a half. Brundage, four straight under one and a half, five to six in the UFC under one and a half. I don't think anything's going to change here. I think this will be violent. So, yeah, I mean, you said it. I got one, two, three. If if the Tatsuro hits, that would be four on the Zalgas. Then I got the Randy Brown, five. Brendan Allen, six. Uh, Justin Taffa, seven. And then the main event, eight. I have eight of the 14 fights I have unders. Sheesh, what could go wrong? Nothing. Just going to be a quick night at the office. Everybody's going to get in, get out, get paid, baby. Jacksonville needs to be loud. They need to be loud. Duval, stand up. Duval, Duval stand, stand up. up. That is UFC Jacksonville. Easy, clean, green, under an hour. Now, I know you're going on vacation. Anything. I have no PFL action. I don't know if you do. either. Me neither. No. None. No, I have none. Uh, I mean, I would have had it had Cedric Dumbe still been on this card. And I will admit, pretty excited that he's off because I thought I was going to go on vacation and miss the Dumbe PFL be in attendance for. Uh, and then that happened. And I was like, well, that worked out for me. No disrespect to OAM or anybody else. Shane Burgos, love all those guys. Yeah. But Dumbe was the attraction for sure. Cedric Dumbe round one was the easiest bet I was ever going to have to make. Because he had to get the first round finish, and that is what he does. Yeah, if you want to know anything about this uh, PFL card, the last five fights are favorites of minus 500 or bigger. Oh, yeah. Pretty major favorites. Honestly, you could probably just blind bet all the dogs, given the way the PFL seasons have been going, and probably profit. Because they had several upsets in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I won't be doing any of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good on just... I'm just sitting this one out. Uh, all right. That's that. UFC Jacksonville. No PFL 6. And next week, we're back. UFC Vegas 76. The card of the season. Strickland versus Magomedov. Uh, yeah. Co-main event's dope. Demir's Magulov versus Grant Dawson's a great fight. Yeah, Demir's back. That's good. Demir's back. Unretired. It's great. Um, but yeah. Kevin Lee making his return Kevin to the Lee. octagon. Kevin Lee, I actually kind of like him as a dog. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Melissa Gatto. Got a lot of ovs on this card. Michael and Morales. a fight between two ovs. Blago yes. Ivanov, Alexi Romanov. Oh, yeah. overaction coming at Romanov's back. Ugh. Oh, Garam's on this card. Against Ellis uh-huh. Brenner. Uh, yeah, I mean. A lot, lot of stuff happening on this guy. Yeah. Won't call any of it great, but uh, it's there. Yeah, I call, be I call you a liar if you did. I called you a liar. But it doesn't did. matter if it's great. It's getting, it's just the amuse bouche, the appetizer for the best card of the year. Just two weeks away, international fight. We cannot wait. See you next week. Enjoy the golf trip, Jed. Thank you and love y'all.
Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 